Hello, folks. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host, Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Now, today we want to tell you a story, an unbelievable story about a six billion dollar U.S. dollar equivalent. Okay, a deposit just disappear, evaporate. And then, if you are one of the saver, how would you feel? You got cracked down, got suppressed by the government. How did that happen in the country of China? All right, but um, before that, let's first talk about two major international news. Mm -hmm. How about that? <clears throat> yeah, first, uh, as you know, the Shizo Abe, um, the former prime minister of Japan, was assassinated three days ago. Right. And yesterday, there was this um, Japanese uh, Senate election, and then the ruling party, the Democratic, um, the, the Liberal Democratic Party, won big. How big it is? They won uh, 86 seats. Okay, so altogether, uh, along with their ally, their ally parties, all together, um, in the Senate, the ruling party who are for how to say reform, changing, revising the constitution, reached 170, which is four votes more than the two-third threshold. Mm -hmm. So, Kathy, as you know, that when you have two-third, you know. Supermajority, you can do virtually anything you want. Right. And this so called anything is the uh, revising the peace constitution. As you know, the peace constitution was established after the Second World War uh, under the US occupation. All right. And then the, there, there's Article 9, which says that uh, Japanese should never declare war and never resort uh, military as a way to resolve conflict you know, internationally. So they cannot uh, develop an army or a marine or a navy or an air force, okay? And they cannot um, develop any nuclear weapon. But they do have this uh, self-defense forces, okay? And it, which is not part of the constitution, actually. Mm -hmm. It's just self-defense, the minimum type of uh, um, self-guarding force. And then um, Shizo Abe and his uh, grandfather, okay? Since 1955, has been trying to, how to say, um, repeal this or revising this uh, peace treaty. Uh, I'm sorry, peace constitution, so that to return Japan to a normal country. Of course, that's raised a lot of suspicion among the neighbors, the Asian neighbors. Um, but you know, time goes by. This is uh, 77 years later, after the end of the World War II, and Japan, then a aggressor, has been a democratic and a peaceful country for 77 years. All right, so for this many years, uh, Japan tried to, the, how to say, the conservative um, party tried to repeal, revise the peace constitution and return Japan to a normal country. And then let's talk about, let's just take a look at the most recent change, okay? In the year of 2012, if you remember our last show, right? Mm -hmm. Shizu Abe was re-elected as the um, prime minister and he pushed for that. In the 2016, actually, as a matter of fact, his party got a two-third supermajority in both houses, in the Senate and in the House. Then, but you still need the, a, how to say, a referendum by all the people, right? You need to have that passed. But at that time, they don't. They just don't have the majority of the Japanese people signing on that agenda. All right, three years later, they lost a two-third supermajority, so they become impossible. So what happened is this um, yesterday. Because of the assassination, there's so many people which is coming out, 15% more than the last election in 2019. They rush out and give the ruling party, the Liberal Democratic Party, a huge win. So bad that it pushed it across the two-third 
supermajority again. So now two houses there are supermajority, but what about the people? Okay, let me just read you some polling. The general poll in the 2019 Japanese people who are for revising the constitution is um, 34%, Kathy. And the next year, it becomes 43%. Still next year, it becomes 45%. And uh, now the most recent uh, poll tells us that uh, 60% of Japanese people are for the revision of the constitution. Well, they are almost doubled. Yeah, if you ask, how about like, I tell you what triggered that change? There's a foreign party who really is just helping the Japanese ruling party. Kathy, can you guess who's that? Well, Chinese Communist <laughs> Chinese Party. Chinese Communist Party, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a Chinese Communist Party has been working very hard to help like, a conservative party like a um, liberal Democratic Party to get elected, to help the progressive uh, Democratic Party in Taiwan get elected. Mm. And, um, yeah, so basically... They are, very, they are very busy making those things happen because they did bad things, people see it, they don't like it. In the Japan, as high as 87% people disapprove, you know, China. Back then, it was like a 20%. Now it's become 87, nearly 90%. I think in the United States, the poll also shows... 80-some, right? Yeah, the descent to the, the Chinese Communist Party just... Yeah. Uh, increased tremendously within the past couple of years. Thanks to the hard work of the Chinese Communist Party. So they've been behaving like a you know, fighting wolf. They suppress their people. They you know, cancel out NBA, cancel out uh, Nike, cancel out uh, European you know, companies and US companies, arrest a Canadian, how to say, businessman, and the things like that. You know, all this, all this you know, move and actions will only work against them as time goes by. Okay, so now, as the um, Prime Minister um, Shizo Abe died, there's a saying that Japanese, Japan rise up. Yeah, but how is, so far, has there any evidence that this assassination somehow related to the Chinese Communist Party? No, we, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, and, and the chances is it's not related. It could be. But uh, not, not so far, the how to say, preliminary investigation, saying that uh, this, uh, th th this person has uh, hatred or complaint about uh, um, Shizo Abe is related to a, the, a Korean religion. But we don't know the detail. And I, I think we still have to wait for a little bit. Yeah, one, but one fact is that after Shizo Abe's assassination, people in China, what they yeah, were doing, they, they were, were celebrating. Yeah, ecstatic. You know, just like when the 9-11 attack, I don't know whether you know this, whether we talked about this before, I think we did occasionally, in case you don't know, when the 9-11 you know, attack happened, Chinese people are just uh, went uproar, they're very happy, they're literally they're saying that in the America, Americans, finally they got their, their, you know, what they deserve, things like that. Well, people die, people are burned to death, people jump out of the beauty of the Twin Tower, and uh, there's this, you know, this happiness and a celebration in, in, in China. At that time, there's no, not this uh, like a giant, uh, how to say, grand translation campaign. So nobody knows what happened. Only we know. We Chinese know. So this happened again with uh, uh, Shizu Abe's assassination. There's a celebration, the restaurant hanging out the big banner saying that uh, we are just celebrating Abe's death because it's China's enemy, things like that. So, yeah, this is... Um, 
because all the work of the, the, the hatred was grown, was grown by the CCP and the people. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, the, the result is very likely um, with this uh, all three, three threshold passing, the ruling party will be revising the peaceful, the, the peace constitution. And what's the result? Two things. First, they, they're going to put this, um, they're going to certify the self-defense forces as the Japanese military force, mm -hmm. put that into constitution. Second, they're going to raise the business, uh, military budget from less than 1% to 2%. And if you ask why 2%, remember, this is what uh, former President Trump was uh, requiring the uh, NATO country, you know, to um, the threshold that they need to reach, which is 2%. Think about that. At that time, it, it, the Prime Minister was still Shizu Abe, right? Trump did not require him to do that. He took it into his own hand. Let me reach 2%. So that, that's, that's how allied okay, Abe was um, with uh, former President Trump. Okay, they, are, they really just same line, holding a similar ideology and the same type of value. And uh, now it's saying that uh, many people are saying that the, with uh, Abe's, Abe's fall, bring Japan to, you know, to on, on its feet. And uh, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, do you agree to that? So this is some major change because Japan is indeed a very powerful country. For years, it has been stay very humble, stay very low, and uh, it's not assertive enough. Even as a rational, democratic, long-lasting, you know, country, they've been playing a very small role. So East Asia, America, you know, America has to spend a lot of money, a lot of effort to maintain the world order there. Now with Japan on its feet, it could be. And it could be providing a good assistance to, to the U.S. It's probably going to change the geopolitical um, in the Asia-Pacific. Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, thank you, Daniel Sullivan, for, oh, thank your, you for your donation support. support. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. And um, mm, human said uh, thunder chicken diplomacy. Mm. What do you think? I'm sorry? Thunder, thunder chicken, chicken diplomacy. Thunder chicken diplomacy. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the second you know, issue. This is interesting. Okay, uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk posted some interesting tweets today. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he, he, he displayed some, uh, you know, a laughing, full laughing picture. I don't know whether, Tony, you can show the Elon Musk's laughing, the laughing picture, and so that we can take a look. So basically, let me read it to you, the, the word before the laughing photos, okay? He said, uh, first he said, uh, they said, I couldn't buy Twitter. That's the first one, then ha, ha, ha. The second says, then they would, would not disclose the bot information. Then there's this ha, ha, ha. And then they said, he said, now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. The final one says, now they have to disclose bot information in court. This was what has been happening. And right? then he's like even laughing harder, right? Yeah. And then uh, the next picture is, uh, he showed a very mysterious uh, photo, right? That's there's, there's a, there's a, how to say, um, semi-god type of uh, um, a lady holding a big long knife, mm -hmm. was walking there. And what's, what is that? There's no comment. There's no explanation. But let me you know, decipher it for you. This is the image in the, the Elden Ring game. Elon Musk was really a game player. I think he played game to feel relaxed. Hmm. Okay, anyway. And then the word says, uh, if you check it out, and this lady's name is uh, Melania. She has this famous quote, I'm Melania. 
blade of uh, Miquela. Okay, Miquela is, is, is the children of, of, of some god. And I have never known defeat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's look at the Twitter's chairman, uh, Brad Tyler's uh, um, move, right? He tweeted the company will take Elon Musk to board and get Elon Musk to close the deal or have him pony up the $1 billion breakup fee. And Tyler declined to comment uh, on the unfolding series of the event. On Sunday night, Bloomberg reported that uh, Twitter has hired the legal heavyweights over at uh, Wacho Lipton to sue Elon Musk. Okay, this Wacho company has been regarded as the hardest firm in the U.S. to get a job in. All right. As of 2020, the U.S. News and the World Report ranked this company as the tier one law firm in national and regional rankings. Mm -hmm. So apparently, Twitter hired some heavyweight to fight with Elon Musk. And then, so what is Elon Musk's opinion, you know, reaction? So he just laughed. All right. Now let me explain to you why he laughed. This is the word from a um, editor at large of uh, Yahoo Finance. Okay, his name is uh, Brian Sauzy. Let me read his um, word. He said that Elon Musk pretty much turned Twitter into a pile of dead money. All right, and why? Eight reasons. Let me quickly go through that with you and see whether you agree to him. He said, first, Wall Street won't trust Twitter's operating metrics in light of the fake account debate. All right. The second, Twitter's advertising business will be hurt for a while due to Musk's involvement. Right? The future is uncertain. True. Which, you know, which company would bet his one year's budget on Twitter? Not even knowing Twitter will go in the next 12 months, right? The third, investors' focus will return to Twitter's subpar operating performance versus Meta, Snapchat, and, t and TikTok. Okay? People were just looking elsewhere. $440 billion, $44 billion, right? Buy or not buy, things like that. Now they're going to back to the bottom line. And uh, well, the bottom line is terrible. Twitter's financial performance was never good. Okay, the fourth, the talent drain has opened at Twitter amidst, uh, amidst the Musk debacle impacting future product development. Pretty common sense. Mm -hmm. The fifth one is that there's a growing lack of confidence in the new and unproven CEO Agrowall. So as of now, okay, the spokesman for Twitter still declined to make the CEO uh, Parag Agrawal available for interview, okay? And uh, this is the, what, um, okay, the, the, the Yahoo Finance guy wrote. He said that Agrawal has been bizarre, bizarrely quiet since the merger news hit, and it would be good for him to show some outward leadership to rally the troops as his company is essentially burning to the ground. Wow, so why the CEO is not showing this leadership? Okay, since Kathy asked me, and... Uh, I'm on air with you. Let me share, you my, my, share with you my true observation. This guy really wants a job after Elon Musk took over. Mm. Okay? okay? So he doesn't want to criticize Elon Musk because that's his future boss. At least he wish he would be his future boss, which means he got to retain the job of the CEO of, at the Twitter. Mm. So he actually fired two you know, top-level um, executives, in my, in my understanding and in my opinion. It's clear road for Elon Musk to come in. Now, even with the situation, Elon Musk said, I, I won't buy it. He still feels he, he's going to buy it, okay, after Twitter's price keep coming down. So he doesn't want to, you know, just um, upset Elon Musk. So still say nothing. Mm. So throughout, he just say nothing. Think about it, right? That the bot information, 
the fake account. It's all his job, right? He's the person to answer. Why the chairman, the, the, the Brad Tyler, now is making all this uh, announcement? And uh, he, he didn't say a thing. He basically didn't say a thing. Okay, the sixth reason, the sixth reason is uh, Twitter is now locked in a costly long-term court battle with the world's richest person, which is not a great place to be. Apparently, true. The other side has unlimited fun. Even you hire a heavyweight firm, it's probably only to scare the other side. Mm -hmm. it, probably, it doesn't help much because the other side has a, you know, just a bottomless pocket. The seventh is no other bidder are likely to appear. This is That's very, true. very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For years, there was a view from investors that Twitter will eventually be acquired. It's very popular, widely in use. Okay? Even though it doesn't make money, somebody probably will buy it. And then that has, to, that has, has been completely removed. He says this has to be completely removed from the equation. I don't know what that does that mean, but what I understand is this. Throughout this tobacco, throughout this, uh, how to say, fighting back and forth, people understand Twitter pretty much is a propaganda machine. They don't work hard. They don't treat themselves as a business. Okay? The, um, well, supposedly, you know, the people are supporting what, you know, Twitter's policy of, uh, you know, kind of uh, censor people. And they are pretty much... You're pre some pretty, you know, much a lot of uh, those um, leftist uh, rich people, right? Right. Yeah, why don't they stand, you know, stand up and uh, help out Twitter? Yeah, let me share you my, my answer, okay? The first, throughout the Zhenxiang Gongcheng, was the Zhenxiang Gongcheng in English? Oh, Project Veritas? Yeah, Project Veritas investigation showed that the Twitter engineers work three or four hours in two or three weeks. And the management doesn't care. It's not a company going after business, going after profit. They just treat this as a activist uh, place. So Elon Musk has raised the valuation to $44 billion. Even you can buy it in half price, it's $22 billion. Who's going to waste his $22 billion on a company where people work for four hours in two weeks? You're kidding yourself. So nobody's going to throw his money into the, into the water knowing that the company, those employees, doesn't even work. And the management doesn't even care. They only care about their political correctness. So that's the reason why there's no second bidder. There's no white knight. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, you know, like, a, for example, people in San Francisco, right? When they talk about, you know, all those um, leftist agenda, mm -hmm. they were like all for it. You know, many of them, not all of them. But then when it comes to their own backyard, then people have a second thought. You know, for example, like the homeless, yeah. right? They would, uh, you know, voice out for the homeless, like for their freedom, you know, you just should allow them to go anywhere. But when you say, how about you open up your own house to let them in? And then people say, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, you know, have such and such reasons that yeah. I cannot open up my yeah. house to them. Yeah. If those are progressive people, if those are liberal politicians who will open their door, invite the homeless into their bedroom, you know, you got four bedrooms, you can, you can share one at least, or maybe two if you don't have kids at, at your house. Would you do that? Yeah, for example, the Oakland mayor. Alicia. Uh, not Alicia. Uh, um, uh, Oakland mayor. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. So the eighth reason. Okay, eighth. Uh, it says uh, Musk is likely to dump his nearly 10% stake in Twitter, as we all know that he owned that much, which would, be, would pressure the stock price. 
just the potential for this to happen would weigh on the stock. All right. So basically, his conclusion is this: in one fell swoop, Musk has single-handedly destroyed a public company. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, think of it. I think uh, Musk right now is really in a win-win situation, right? One way is that he could. In this, you know, what he was do has been doing, he could uh, just uh, press down the, the the purchasing price of Twitter, yeah. right? But then, worse come to worse, you know, he just won't get the price he wanted. But uh, then, Twitter is just basically being destroyed, which, you know, Musk, when he first uh, just. Uh, you know, he, he has been exposing, mm -hmm. you know, their fake accounts and uh, things like that. So that's also, he can reach, you know, kind of uh, achieve his goal in mm -hmm. that way as well. Mm -hmm. So for him, it's like, there's no loss. Yeah. So, so if we ask ourselves, who to blame? Who to blame? Who created this scenario? For Twitter, Twitter is in a very sad situation. I, you know, somebody could say, Musk, you know, Elon Musk is too cunning, is too cruel, whatever. Actually, this uh, Yahoo Finance guy is pretty much hold that attitude. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me, I would say, it's Twitter's own problem, okay? They have problems themselves. During this purchase, back and forth, argument, discovery, those things got exposed. Now they're going to the court. Court is asking about all about those bot, you know, the, the, those bot information issues. The fake account issue, they will be exposed to more if they themselves don't have you know, vulnerability, they don't have problems hidden there. Who's going to destroy, destroy them? Nobody can destroy them. Yeah. The second shooter will come. White Knight will come, maybe not just one, even two or three. Nobody want to buy them. Why? Because they got problems themselves. So Elon Musk just discovered the truth in his uh, acquisition effort. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, well, again, Daniel, thank you so much for your so kind of support. Yeah, and uh, he said you guys are the again? best. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Daniel. Yeah, I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right, let's move on to something really... Okay, do, do we got anything? Uh, Louis said some say it was retaliation for blowing up the Georgia Guidestone. Only time will tell. Mm. Well, it happened a few days ago. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, human said uh, a wolf warrior. So you you're probably referring to the Chinese government's mm -hmm. uh, diplomacy. Yes, wolf warrior. Yeah, diplomacy. That's what they okay. got. And um, what well, Larry? Hello, folks from New York. John. Hi, good evening from Northern Virginia. Thank you for great reporting both here and on Sound of Hope News Channel. You took note of that. Yes. Thank wow, you, great. John. Yeah, so for the folks that have not noticed that we, the, the, our news channel just opened up a new one. So if, um, yeah, you could uh, just go there, subscribe, you know, that would be really appreciated. Yeah, yeah we just, uh, you know, thought it's better to separate the talk show from the news. In the, by the way, I mm -hmm. think maybe, you know, maybe our, uh, uh, Darren can post our, we are starting a new channel, mm -hmm. right? Because um, uh, for, you know, for some reason, this channel is not really growing. Um, we are starting up a new channel, which we starting to post some short segments of our talk show. Mm -hmm. So if you could, you know, just to go to our new channel to subscribe, 
so that uh, we can, in the meantime, just grow that channel. Um, that'll be really appreciated. Mm -hmm. So we will post the the new channel um, for you shortly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So shall we go to the next story? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So actually, some of uh, our viewers, for example, Louis, already been asking about the China banks issue. So there's a new development just over the weekend. The Chinese authorities on Sunday violently cracked down um, a peaceful protest by the thousands of the depositors in the Hunan province where this uh, issue is happening. People, uh, and actually the depositors are across from you know, China, mm -hmm. right? Total like 410,000 of them. And they told in, in total, their savings are like uh, 40 billion Chinese dollars worth of deposit. Yeah, which is about like 6 billion US dollars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have been frozen since two months ago, since April. And uh, so averagely speaking, each of them had like 100,000 Chinese dollars per person, mm -hmm. right? Being frozen, they cannot get, you know, get, cannot withdraw at all. Uh, so, and yesterday, local time, on Sunday early morning, more than 1,000 depositors across from China gathered in front of the uh, Chinese People's Bank in Zhengzhou, Hunan province, demanding, you know, their money back. So, there are some depositors tried to even hand themselves in front of the bank. And uh, one veteran, there's a recording we will show you later. One veteran said, uh, you know, all of his uh, veteran retirement fee are in the bank account. And uh, he didn't even know that, you know, his money cannot be redrawn. But after he knew about that, he was saying, you know, I have booked my ticket to go to Zhengzhou and uh, I will get my money back. Otherwise, I will, you know, he mm -hmm. just said, I will get some people go down with me. Okay, basically. Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, first of all, show, show like, uh, it's interesting, the protesters, they actually gathered in front of the bank early in the morning. And why is that? Because the authorities tried to use the COVID restriction, the QR, the, they called a health QR code to restrict them from traveling. And uh, we'll show that uh, later, but the protesters gathered in front of the bank early in the morning, as early as like 4 a.m. And they've been, they, are, they were singing the People's Republic of China anthem. Mm -hmm. And you may wonder why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let, let's show some and I will explain to you. So this anthem, the, the lyrics is like that. Stand up, people who don't want to be slaves. Build our flesh and the blood into our new Great Wall. The Chinese nation is at its most dangerous moment. Everyone was forced to let out a final roar. Stand up, stand up. We are all united. 
under the fire of the enemy. Stand up. We just go ahead under the fire of the enemy. So, you know, from this lyric, you can, you know, you can understand, right? Those depositors, those protesters, they think, you know, it's they just enough is enough. They can, they don't want to be slaved anymore, right? And they treat, they are viewing the bank, the bank under the CCP control as their enemy. So that's what's going on. So it's very ironic because this anthem was from CCP, right? Yeah. And uh, they basically educating the Chinese people, you know, we are facing those enemy who are trying to, you know, destroy us, so we have to stand up. Now, people, those um, thousands of depositors saying, CCP, you are our enemy, right? Uh, how ironic. Yeah, how ironic. And then also the protesters were chanting the people's police. Okay, everything in China, the, the Chinese government deemed as people's, you know, people's our liberation army, people's police. Mm -hmm. But those depositors are chanting people's police are gangsters. Let's take a lesson. Yeah, they're just chanting all along like different slogans. Can we get that? And as those, uh, both the police and the plane hoods just, you know, like running and in into the place, they are so uniformed, right? Mm -hmm. Those uh, yeah. yeah, police and the plain clothes police. And then people are chanting, you know, you are the gangsters, you are the gang land. Mm -hmm. And uh, also protesters were chanting, Xi Jinping, investigate Henan. Li Keqiang, invest Henan. So, you know, we know who Xi Jinping is. Li Keqiang is the prime minister. Mm -hmm. So they are like pleading to the central government to investigate this proven, um, provincial government about the corruption. Yeah. And then very sadly, some of the protesters uh, tried to hand themselves in front of the People's Bank of China in Henan, but you know, in, in the video we cannot show that because of YouTube restrictions. And uh, then, you know, like the whole morning, you can see from the footage, right, the protester was actually basically surrounded by the police and the plainclothes police, mm -hmm. okay. Then at around, according, uh, reportedly, uh, at around 11 a.m., mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the plainclothes um, policemen suddenly attacked yeah, them. Started attacking. Started attacking. And you can also see those uh, uniformed police mm -hmm. standing behind. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, of everybody, people already know, you know, they are the police, they are the gangsters. Yeah, see this? In their words. See. Like organized like a yeah, very organized. lineup and uh, just 
coming in and keep beating people just like that. Yeah, Those people are just people who lose their lifelong saving in the bank. They just come here to try to, you know, just voice their complaint. Yeah. And they were attacked like this. And uh, some of, you know, very brutal scenes we cannot show. Okay, there's a restriction. But uh, and, uh, people can, you can see, you know, like, like the, the plainclothes people, several of them will attack one person. Mm. And then just uh, shovel them onto the bus. So, and uh, it was also reportedly that uh, the police refused to send those injured to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So one of the depositors, who is a woman, was beaten on the bus and she was so frightened saying, they are going to kill us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see um, in the video, you know, a lot of people being shoveled, arrested, shoveled onto the bus. They're gonna kill us. They, they are trying to kill me. Then, as of um, 1.30 in the afternoon, everything returned to peace. And the authority just used those uh, sprinklers, uh, cars, to what? wash off. Yeah, wash clean the blood and return everything to just like nothing has happened. Yeah. So typical of, um, of China in the last uh, seven decades. Yep. And uh, some people just uh, on the scene saying like it's very, it's very much like what happened uh, on the Tiananmen Square yep. in June 4th, 1989. And the people even post, you know, the pictures mm -hmm. to compare that. And there's a one veteran who, you know, his recording was shared around the internet. And he was just so angry mm -hmm. and saying that his lifelong savings, including his retirement fees, mm -hmm. are all in the bank. Mm -hmm. So let's take a lesson. Chinese yeah, he was just basically saying, you know, I'm not scared. If you are scared, you just follow me. And he said he has been working so hard, mm -hmm. especially there, when there was flood mm -hmm. relief. Mm -hmm. he, they, he and those uh, soldiers were just in the front mm -hmm. to try to help people. And then now he found that, uh, you know, all of his savings going to be evaporated and he said if I don't get the money back you know what's gonna happen right so yeah that's basically you know what's happening right now and uh, it was interesting to see if we show the picture that the people with the banners mm -hmm. and the, they even show a banner with the English um, line saying against the corruption and the violence of the Henan government. Mm -hmm. 
So that's, I think it's very rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a few things are very rare in this uh, protest. First of all, it's the largest protest since the COVID, mm -hmm. right? And the second, you know, we see the English, you know, like a, a banner in English words, mm -hmm. okay? And that says something. It just reminds people what happened in Hong Kong mm. when people were protesting the CCP's um, uh, policy and the people waving American yeah. flags. So, send a I message think, to outside of China. Yeah, and think probably that's the next step. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the other thing is uh, because people, the depositors, have been protesting for two months, and initially. Some people, they actually, they, they just, uh, they kneel down in front of the cars of um, authorities mm -hmm. to plead to them. And mm -hmm. we have the picture there, mm -hmm. right? But after two months, they probably realize something and that they are not kneeling down anymore. Mm -hmm. They are really, they're chanting, you know, right? Well, they, they try to um, just to voice out and that they are not kneeling down anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and the one thing is um, the authorities try to really use the COVID restrictions, like they use this QR code, mm -hmm. because they used that back a month ago mm -hmm. in June. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that actually kind of stopped people from traveling yeah. to have those kind of gathering and mm -hmm. protesting. And this time, again, you know, a lot of people showed they were even not like just being locked down at home mm -hmm. for the whole month, but their QR code uh, by Hunan, uh, Hunan mm -hmm. is showing it's, it's red. Mm -hmm. Red meaning you cannot travel. Mm -hmm. But uh, they have another like a national code saying they have never been exposed to high-risk areas. Mm -hmm. so it's really contradicting, yeah. right? So the re only reason for that lady is because she has some deposit in one of those rural banks in Henan. So that's the reason. So, and I, I think that tells a lot, is that, you know, since the COVID, a lot of people think, oh, you know, for our safety, we, we, can, we should just use those restrictions to be safe. But, you know, look at that what's happening in an authority, authoritarian regime. Under authoritarian regime, when you submit your freedom, and then can, they can step up and further restrict you, right? Yeah. A lot of people cannot uh, even travel and even go to protest just because of, you know, they can use this kind of uh, code and uh, restrict, uh, COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lesson to learn for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So they just abuse, abuse the power that you submit to the government, and every government just just like that. So, yeah, the sovereign, yeah, the, the, the sovereign is the, with the people, the people. Yeah, that's what uh, our constitution, U.S. Constitution, give you know, gave us. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, I think I also saw some discussion mm -hmm. that uh, saying why this is happening in Henan right now. You know the. The, the, the head of the Henan province is a subordinate of Xi Jinping, mm -hmm. and Xi Jinping right now is in a very critical situation because of the upcoming con congression, uh, party congress. Party congress, right? It's coming up. Coming up, up and uh, maybe some people try to, you know, find trouble with he and his people to affect his um, 
you know, power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, you know, anyhow, you know, whether people, that's my thing, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, uh, whether people trying to just uh, um, destroy him to support the other part, mm-hmm. party, right? Because within the CCP, there's always a power struggle. Mm-hmm. But with whichever party, you know, it, it's, after all, it's CCP. Yeah, so, and, well, and who got hurt? It's the common people who just deposited their money there. Yeah. And then and the government has absolute, absolute power over the people. So no matter how much wrong you think you, 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 you're facing, and that, the work, that, that, that is works against you, you really have no ground to get your right back. You just cannot have it because you have no power. Yeah, so this is um, actually, this kind of thing happened time again in the last uh, eight decades in China. We'll just showcase one thing for you so that it's for you to know that under authoritarian regime, what's the life like that? And, we, and uh, we just remind ourselves, do, I, do we ever want that? If we don't, we got to wake up today. Yeah, and even, you know, some people think, oh, maybe we just, uh, because it's uh, COVID, because mm-hmm. it's a war, mm-hmm. we should, we should you know, to be safe or to be healthy, we can just uh, sacrifice our freedom a little bit. But, you know, this is really uh, a lesson to learn mm-hmm. uh, from what's happening in China. Yep. So I hope folks, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're in the, at the right or the left, freedom, liberty, you know, is something, if that's something you really treasure, just really pay attention to those type of policy. Yeah. Okay, thank you for being with us tonight. And um, I'm your host, Wei Fang. Yeah, I'm Kathy Zhang. Again, thank you, Daniel, for your yeah. generous support. And uh, to all of you uh, for being with us. It's really a pleasure to spend this hour with you. And I hope you also enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget to uh, like and mm-hmm. share our video. And also uh, to subscribe our new channel. Let me see if we have the new channel here um, posted. Or not yet. Um, In the news channel. Uh, the news channel and our new channel. Okay. Yeah. Let's just. Um, Let me try to find it, Darren. If you can find it uh, as well. Um, wow. Find you. Okay, and uh, while Kathy was looking for it, and uh, I just want to remind you that uh, <clears throat> the Supreme Court ruling, as you remember, that uh, before they uh, stopped the session, they ruled on the f- uh, five major cases, if you still remember, right? And uh, actually, for the upcoming October, there are two cases that's very attention-catching. One is the um, Chinese-Americans suing Harvard and the University of Northern California for the affirmative action, which is uh, basically the reverse discrimination against uh, uh, Asian student and uh, Caucasian student. And then that's one thing. Another thing has to do with uh, the state legislature, whether the state court is able to interfere with the election process, which was, um, how to say, um, dis- uh, prescribed by or designed by the state legislature. Okay, and then um, in the past uh, elections, state court does come in, and now 
this uh, when they rule on something, so who has the power? Who has the final say? Would that be the state legislature or the state court? Okay, so this is pretty much it's this constitution, how to say, debate. Um, because in the constitution, it's clearly written that uh, state legislature decide on how the election process shall be. Okay, so that course has come to has gone to the Supreme Court and then passed the rule four, and then they've taken the case. So in the upcoming October, is uh, the first one is the affirmative action ruling, and uh, you know by the college admission, the, uh, the other one is has to do with this uh, state legislation versus state court. So two again very landmark um, cases when the ruling um, come down. So we'll all just keep our eyes wide open. As, as a matter of fact, in terms of the balance of the court, um, to be honest, I do think that the, the, the current Supreme Court is quite determined to return um, to the interpretation to the original um, text of the Constitution, which is the very, how to say, um, very meaning of the, of the, the, the very role of the, what the Supreme Court should hold. And for too many years, the liberal Supreme Court has deviating from their given role. And now, at, at least with this five um, conservative judge, plus sometimes Robert, uh, John Roberts, they're returning back the, the court to it, what it should be. And um, yeah, this is one thing. The other thing, um, yesterday I was talking about the a special organization, which I will talk about next time, which is called the Federalist uh, Society. I don't know how many of you know about that. But the Federalist Society was something set up in the 1982, in the April of 1992, by a group of Yale Law School students. So after they hold a, a forum, okay, a symposium on the Federalist system, in that month, later they joined hand with the law school student of Harvard and the law school student of the Chicago, University of Chicago. They set up this Federalist Society. And initially, they got a $25,000, how to say, sponsorship or whatever. Today, they have an annual budget of $20 million. And then they have three divisions set up under that nonprofit. The first one is called the student, student department. The second is called the lawyer department. The third is called the faculty department. The student department has 200 chapters, okay, in the, basically in the 200 law schools across the U.S. And the... Mm, the lawyer division, they have uh, 70,000 members, okay? And then the faculty, I don't have the numbers. Basically, they, they indeed, they pay attention to the education of our young, how to say, young law, law school students. So since late 1960, America pretty much has lost their school, especially their public schools, okay? Um, but with the one, probably, probably one exception, because of this, the role of the Federalist um, Society, and then there, there's, in the law school all across America, the conservative voice still persists. And uh, why do I say so? Let me just give you two numbers. Out of the 51 appeal, appeal court um, nominees by former President Trump, 43 of them come from the Federalist Society, and then out of the six conservative judges in the Supreme Court, six of them all come from Federalist Society. This is how powerful it is. Okay, that's okay. my insert. Yeah, uh, already posted our new channel. It's a Win Kathy Highlights. Uh, there's only a few 
um, short videos on there, but we're gonna, you know, continuously to post more like short clips from our shows. So please um, subscribe to it. So to, you know, we try to just grow another yeah. channel. Yeah. And, and uh, um, and the Brent, uh, you know, Brent, you wrote that uh, I would love either of you as neighbors. Haha, <laughs> I would love to barbecue a few steaks and steak for you. That's Thank very you kind. Thank you very much. Very Ooh, nice. Love, to, love so too. Yeah, so Brent, just wonder where do you live? <laughs> and Mike, thank you for your donations. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, out on a limb, never let anyone take away your rights. You give them an inch, they will take a mile. Very well true. Well said. Well said. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, and oh, Luis said a great show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Luis. Mm -hmm. Always being there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much again yeah, for and staying Louis, with us. Brent, you said I just pray for us all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all pray us and pray for the United States. Yeah. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. And see Take you care. next time. Bye-bye.